Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. So I would say the accounting gives you that good foundation, being able to transition or pivot in, you know, into other areas. Because what it comes down to is you understanding the key finite, you know, what is your, your balance sheet, your cash flows, and then being able to come up with a story of how that mm. works. Capital structure, finance and perspectives. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now, you've just heard from Taiwo Okwar, who's our guest mentor today. And Taiwo's a vice president of finance at Africa Finance Corporation, where she focuses on investing in infrastructure investments and development across multiple sectors in Africa. And before that, she'd worked in several leading financial institutions across multiple continents. And there's a number of reasons why we brought Taiwo on the show today. The first one was really to understand the world of investment and development finance, but also the strong foundations that accounting and finance give us to enable an easier transition into that area of the profession. And then we spend most of our podcast going into some of the fantastic work Taiwo's leading with Fem Minty. And I highly encourage you to check out the work that Taiwo and others are doing to help change the lives of women, make smarter financial decisions and become more financially independent, starting in Africa and hopefully the world. And as Taiwo touches on on the podcast, given that we're making eight to ten financial decisions at least a day, it's super important that we become more confident and we're equipped to make better financial decisions for the benefits of our communities and society at large. So absolutely fantastic work. And we go into that and also where we can help improve it and perhaps also some of the blockers to helping us become a bit more financially savvy and confident in those decisions. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you could find more about Tyro, timestamp show notes, transcriptions, key quotes and ways to connect with Tyro and more at sitnshow.com. And we always really appreciate when you recommend the show to, to friends and colleagues on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And as always, thanks for again for investing your time on the show today. So without further ado, over to Tyro and the show. Tyro, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Welcome. Thank you. The pleasure's all ours. And I've loved our conversations off air and previously as well. And look, you're a super busy professional in finance. So I, I you know, really appreciate you coming on the show to share what you're doing with our audience. But before um, I suppose we jump into that, would you mind maybe giving them a brief background of your career journey in finance and development? Okay, excellent. Thank you, Andrew. And like I said, it's a pleasure to be part of your show. Really excited. Yeah, so I'm an infrastructure finance professional and I work for a development finance institution, Africa Finance Corporation, based in Lagos. And what I do on a day-to-day basis is to provide financing to invest in infrastructure across Africa. And what do I mean by that? When you think about things that we use on a day-to-day basis, you know, in our daily lives, infrastructure like power plants, you wake up every day, you switch on your light and you think, how did that actually happen? There's a process to that, right? <laughs> you think about when you go to the shops and uh, you're able to pick up some products or goods and services, how did that get there, right? Transportation and logistics, that's infrastructure as well. You think about traveling on your holidays, the airports that you go through. 
that's an infrastructure. <laughs> you know, someone has to build that. The government or the private sector has to invest and raise capital to build that. So that's infrastructure. That's um, I, I would define that as economic infrastructure. Your airports, your seaports, your roads. Something you have a number of toll roads in the UK, not as many. But when you compare to other countries, but in America, it's very popular that you go through a road and you have to pay toll. Infrastructure. And then you also have a social infrastructure aspect as well, which is your schools, uh, hospitals, uh, NHS, right? Big hospitals have been built in the UK. The government used private money financing to, to do that. So it's a combination of economic infrastructure and social infrastructure that, you know, anything that enables development and enables us to live a you know, better uh, day-to-day life. That, that's what I do. If you think about a lot of the press lately, right, most of it tends to be focused on the sort of digital economy mm-hmm. and more intangible stuff and intellectual property. And, and this tangible area, I, I know just maybe I'm a bit biased and it te- might even get left you know, behind a bit. I think in the IT industry, I, I work a lot with hardware is like a commodity, the stuff you can physically kick and see, whereas the mm-hmm. software, it's, that's where it's all at. Like, how do, you, how, does, how do you balance that and make sure that people are putting the appropriate focus on infrastructure development? Yeah, I think in my part of the world, you know, there needs to be an evolution that, that has to happen. But when you think about developer of the world, yes, you're right to talk about data infrastructure, digitization. That's where the, the fourth industrial revolution is going. And they're, they're way ahead of the curve, right? So data centers, you're talking about fiber optics. So that's where the world is at the moment. But then when you think about Africa, where I am, yes, telecoms is a, it's a big infrastructure mm. focus. And I, I, when you think about it, that people moved from landline to mobile phones, and then we're now at 5G. What happened in Africa, there was a, there was a leapfrog, right? You didn't necessarily have to go through those steps. People just mm. um, automatically moved, you know, to mobile phones, and they were now five <laughs> G as well. So that's part of it, evolution. You're right to say that in in Africa, for example, where I'm based at the moment, there's still huge infrastructure deficit. So okay. the likes of um, power is such a big infrastructure requirement that needs to be done. You know, I think there's statistics that say you need about five hundred billion um, USD per annum or so to invest in Africa on an Mm -hmm. annual basis to get it to where it's supposed to go when it comes to infrastructure. So there's a lot that needs to be done. And that's what I'm passionate about to be able to contribute to to that. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of uh, our audience listening, that is a a huge number to to get our heads around. Where do you start making a dent in that? We have an audience of finance professionals and accountants. If they they were interested to step into this space or help out, where, where do you start? Where do we start? So I, I, and I think that's an interesting question, right? Because when I started in my work and my career, I didn't know about infrastructure or financing, right? And I recall one of the advice that one of my uncles or relatives gave me when I was trying to choose my university course. He said, do accounting, do accounting. Be an accountant. I'm like, I don't really enjoy accounting that much. But he kept saying, do accounting. <laughs> and I think he knew what he was talking about. I think what he was saying was that when you do accounting, you get really good, solid foundations, in quantitative analysis, numeracy, and all those, then accounting gives you that. But I didn't listen to him. I studied economics and finance. That's right. It's a good question because when I think about people I've come across in my in my careers, when I was working in London, a number of people had accounting background and they were able to move with transition to even banking, investment banking, even infrastructure um, financing. You they can work in the banks, they work in advisory, financial advisory capacity. So. I would say the accounting gives you that good foundation 
being able to transition or pivot in, you know, into other areas. Because what it comes down to is you understanding the key finite, you know, what is your, your balance sheet, your cash flows, and then being able to come up with a story of how that mm. works, capital structure, finance and perspective. So yeah, accounting, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's a great foundation and a great course to, to, you know, to, 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 to have. For those, and for those that have that background, is, is there any areas they can start helping in to start making a, an impact or, or, or making progress into this development space, particularly in Africa? Is there somewhere where they can start? Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, I, I, I guess I am part African and also British. So I spent my formative years living in Nigeria and then I moved to the UK. My, I guess my heart is always in Africa or both places. I'm still trying to figure that out, but anyway... <laughs> So I, I I fell into it working in, in the UK, working in you know, transactions in the US and um, also the parts of North America. And then I wanted to do finance in Africa because there was a number of opportunities or funds I wanted to do that. So I think one way to do, if you're really interested or passionate about development finance, there are a number of institutions out there who focus uh, on investing in those areas the likes of International Finance Corporation, IFC, has been part of the World Bank, has been around for uh, over 50 years. And that's what they do. They focus on emerging markets and not only Africa, Asia, other parts of the world. So they that's their, right? Because that that's their mandate. They need to you know, be able to contribute and impact the world generally from a development of finance perspective. Then I think as well, there are a no, number of private equity firms as well who focus on infrastructure development, infrastructure financing. And you don't even necessarily have to be an accountant to do that. If you have a different kind of background, you, you can you can move into this area and pivot in these areas as well. So focus in you know, development finance institutions or even other kind of institutions, like even companies like engineering companies, finance companies, they all do, they all focus on infrastructure. So that's one way to get started. Yeah, because I think a lot of people who, who find it fascinating because they want to find meaning in what in what they do, and that's the real attraction. Yeah, yeah, that's no, and, and that's I think that's where a lot of our careers are going at mm. the moment. Tyro is there's people out there looking for meaningful work, and I and I really do think what you're doing is is is, is awesome. There's also other stuff I want to get to as well that you're doing, which I think is even more awesome. But I, again, I I think that's exactly what our audience are looking for. And I, then I suppose you did mention there you had experience working in uh, formative years in London as well. In terms of where you are in Africa at the moment, are there any sort of main differences that people would need to adjust to? Um, I would say when I came over, I, I had a very open mind because I was passionate about you know the work and what I wanted to do. And I was also opportunity to work for an organization which had a mix of people from different parts of the world, people who had experience in the US, in the UK, other parts of Africa, and it was like a melting point for people from different backgrounds and perspectives. Oh. So that kind of made, made it very, you know, very, very interesting as well. So it, it was a good way to, to immerse myself in the work that I do. But I, but I would say Africa or in the press, it gets, generally gets a bad rep about a number of things, right? Perfect. But, but I think the fact is when it comes to uh, development sustainability, there's a lot to do, right? But things are generally, things could be a little... Things can be a little bit more challenging, but you just have to like keep working at it because change doesn't come by you folding your hands and not trying. You just have to keep doing it. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I said, look, I did want to get onto the work you're doing with uh, mm-hmm. Fem Minty. I, I, 
I suppose in terms of our audience who may not have heard about it much previously, do you describe what that, that work involves? Yes, thank you. So Femminti is my digital, is a digital platform, which I set up about 12, over 12 months ago. And the mission is for me to educate women about developing their financial foundations, teach them how to manage their money and then become financially empowered. Right. And there's a reason for that. I started it because I also wanted to deepen my you know, connection with the African continent because I've been away for 20 years. And I also see a lot of inequality around, particularly when it comes to, and, and this is not only peculiar to Africa, right? Globally, there's gender disparity, unequal opportunities. And then when it comes to money as well, it's fundamental to what we do, right? We make money decisions. I think there was a statistics that said about eight to 10 money decisions every day. What do I do? Do I buy that sandwich? Do I buy that oh, coffee? I don't know that. Do I? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't what, know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What am I? What am I? Uh, do I need to buy that dress? What am I? How, how do I pay that school fees? Right. So, but then we still don't. We don't talk about it that much. And women generally don't talk about money. We can talk about other things, right? But we don't. We don't feel confident enough to talk about money. So it's really just trying to get into some of those root causes of why, and then what can you do about it. So femininity is really about teaching women to become much more uh, bolder, confident about managing their finances. And then become much more financial savvy. That's that, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, and again, I, I think a lot of audience would sort of probably love to know more about that mm-hmm. and, and get involved in terms of it. In terms of what you're finding, though, Taiwo, what what are the what are the sort of the main blockers to overcome to progress that agenda where people are a bit more financial savvy and, and making more confident financial decisions. I, I think it's really about education, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of information out there right now as well, right? In the resources. You can take courses online. Access to information is just generally more available. But I think it's just just making it much more relevant to, to people, particularly women, because for example, right, women tend to have more truncated careers because if you choose to you start your you know, you graduate from university, you start your career. And if you choose to maybe have a family, sometimes you might need to take time off work, right? And then sometimes you have to take care of aged parents or you just want to make some choices that it's not your career, it's not the sole reason for your existence, right? We're talking about sustainability here. So it's being able to make those decisions without feeling the stress of money and finance if, because mm. ultimately, like I said, finance uh, money plays a big role in you know, our lives. That's a, that's a fact, right? So it's about you being in a position that doesn't become a big angst for you to move on with your life or to make some decisions. And that entails you, maybe, you know, start thinking about investing and saving early as much as possible when you begin your career or when you start a business, because women are very, you know, very good entrepreneurs. It's about knowing some of the investing decisions you have to make. It's about what are my financial goals? Do I want to go to higher education later, do my master's? How much do I need to start putting away now? So it's about learning some of those, teaching people about those financial fundamentals, financial foundation, and then they can lead it in reaching life. Yeah, yeah. It's I've just sort of I've just become inspired like listening to you there, Taiwo, in terms of the opportunity here. Because I was just thinking as you were saying that there in our household, Katie, my wife, 
Like she's the entrepreneurial one. People think because I work in business and whatever, like I'm sort of on. No, okay, Katie's the entrepreneurial one. What's really interesting is when the kids ask about money and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's an Irish thing or if it's, it's replicated across the world. But they ask how much do you make or what's something worth the river. Like the instant reaction is, oh, that's a very rude question. Or, you know, we don't talk about money like that in this house. Is that is it, is it a common cultural thing? Is that we just don't like talking about money? Or is it more like that? Or, or are things changing in that space? I think it's still the same, right? That we just generally don't feel comfortable talking about money. And I'm still trying to, I do some reading. I'm trying to get to the root cause of that because... <laughs> Three other things, right? They talk about relationships, they talk about so many things. But when it comes to money, then people just generally don't feel comfortable. And I think women as well, right? Actually, I think men feel more comfortable talking about money. It's just natural, right? And yeah, yeah. you find out about opportunities and things from your friends and your peers, but women just shy away from it. And the more I've started talking more about money to my friends, I find out more about other opportunities or what they're doing and the exchange ideas. So that's something that, so I think we're just doing ourselves a disservice. I don't think there's any rule around it why we shouldn't mm. feel comfortable sharing sharing that information. Yeah, I, I, I wish, and again, I wonder if it's just a male thing, we just take that sort of stuff for granted. Like uh, WhatsApp is great here. And, you know, we're sharing text messages to what we're investing in, if something looks good or bad or whatever, talking mm-hmm. that savings angle, because we recognize the importance of setting money aside as mm-hmm. well to invest. So, and again, wouldn't that be great if we had more people sort of thinking in that way, because where we sort of put our investments is where hopefully th- things will grow. And if we're investing in the right things, we'll see our economies uh, do do even better. People are not just saving and, and hoarding money, but actually doing something productive with it as well that be for the benefit of everyone absolutely and i think i'm just trying to think going back to why people don't really talk about it right right from the beginning when we're young we just don't it's not part of the household people don't most people don't talk about it then you go to school you can study accounting finance i study economics it's not part of the curriculum i'm doing in my cfa you talk about a lot of you know complicated topics but there is not real focus around money this is what you know why money is essential these are some of the ways that you need to, you, the choices you need to make to optimize your financial future, financial security. It's not part of the curriculum. You know what I no, mean? No, it's not. No, no. <laughs> so it's missing. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, that's an approach, right? If it's targeted right from when kids are young, then maybe those conversations could start to, we could start to see more of those conversations as people get older and they start making more they become independent of, or make some more financial decision. And I think there's a lot of things being done other part of the world as well. I think in America, they're trying to integrate into part of the curriculum right from the high school years. Kids talk about money, university. You, you, there's some courses that you can take to talk about money. And financial education is a journey, actually. It's not, it's continuous, right? Yeah. What you learn in secondary school or what they call high school if you don't continue or you don't learn anything for that in university or even when you start working then you miss the point so it's uh, it's it's very interesting very relevant and we just have to keep keep spreading the message and honing why it's so important yeah 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 no i completely agree it was, it was actually just reminding me of another guest mentor on the show that uh, yeah. it was actually from a non-accounting background and what he did was he would read his um, kids uh, the story from The Richest Man in Babylon, mm. that, that book. 
just because it was because again they don't tend to do that stuff at, at school and, and whatever and it was more a case mm. of you had good principles in there about setting aside 10 percent of your income and not spending more than you make and that type of thing and again it was just sort of dressed up in, in a story it's a journey right as you said so i think uh, that it's again it's fantastic what you're doing Tyro. Look, in terms of the advice being giving us great advice, I was curious, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Oh, interesting. I think, oh, wow. I would say, I think that the advice about just being courageous and making in terms of what you're trying to do. And even if something has not been done before, then you just start and you'll be amazed what you can do and some of the opportunities that open to you. So yeah, so I think that's an advice that I, I got from my mom who I highly respect the kind of person and personality. So that's someone I, I look up to and living your life with a purpose. That's yeah. That's yeah. Advice. That's great. Yeah, it's great advice. In terms of resources you might have found useful, any sort of I don't know, documentaries, books, online resources that you encourage our audience to go check out? Yeah, well, what I'm liking at the moment is uh, How I Built This by Guy, by Guy Ruz. He has a podcast. It's, oh. yeah, How I Built This. Yeah, for me, I really enjoy listening to him, to be honest, because he brings on people, businesses, and, you know, you hear about some of the key learnings about how they started all, a lot of their failures and how they got back up. And for me, it's really inspiring just goes to tell you that there's no linear path right when you're starting a business or even a career that you just need to you, you need to be resilient and then be ready for failures and I think it was yesterday I was listening to one of Posca and it was the guy that started the Khan Academy the free Khan yes. Academy yeah and I was really um amazed and inspired by some of those things so yeah for your audience who like listen to podcasts I think Guy Raz is a good uh, podcast um, you don't have to be an entrepreneur, but some of those stories and some of those journeys that he shares in podcasts, for me, I find it really inspiring. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. So we'll add that to the, the show notes as well, yeah. Tyro. So yeah. thank you for recommending that. And I suppose, look, if our audience wish to connect with you to continue the conversation, uh, where's the best place to connect with you at? Yeah, I would say reach out to me on my platform, www.femfi.com. And uh, I'm also on Instagram page, Feminti is the name. Also on LinkedIn, please check out my LinkedIn page or Instagram for people on Instagram. Feel free to reach out. And if you want to learn more about finance, especially for women, I'm very you know, keen to hear you know, your perspective. Some of the things that you feel are relevant that I can cover on my platform, please do. I really like that. Yeah. I look forward to many conversations and hearing how that goes as well, Tyro. So thank you for sharing that. And again, they'll go into the show notes too. But before we wrap up, is there any sort of parting thoughts you might have for audience? I would say for me, I said I didn't study. I know Andrew, accounting and finance professional, but I would say, look, don't limit yourself to what you've learned and studied. You can, you should be very open. And I think I wish I'd known that early on in my career, actually, that you don't have to stay within the field of what you've learned. The world is just, it's, it's so different now. And just embrace, you know, the change that comes and the opportunities. And you don't have to take, you don't have to be know everything, right? That's what I'm learning as well, right? <laughs> we were talking about that off yeah, air, weren't I'm, we? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advocating <laughs> for just maybe, I'm trying to look for a word. Some people are very good at just, 
blagging. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying, <laughs> blagging the way through. What I'm saying is that, <laughs> what I'm saying is that just be open to new opportunities and new ideas. You'd be amazed that some of your core foundations of what you've learned before is what's going to help you into moving on in, in, into a new area. So that that's very important. Yeah, that's just my piece of advice. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for that, Taiwa. And look again, thank you so much for sharing your journey and also talking about fermenting and investing your time on Strength in the Numbers today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Happy to 